0: Welcome to Movie Humpers. I am Bob Sham.
1: I am Angela.
0: And um, the sounds of will be dogs.
1: Yes, dogs.
0: That is what the sounds are.
1: They're making noises already.
0: Right? We just got to live with it. And we do. We don't want to cage them. No. Cage free dogs. We are, here. Yeah,
1: we're, we're a cage free like animal Our dog meat household.
0: Cage free, all natural.
1: We don't eat eat dog meat.
0: This month, uh, thank you for clarifying. I think people were being like, oh my god, they were about to to start their three-hour YouTube essay on how we eat dogs.
1: Listen. uh... That we're
0: breeding dogs to eat. Uh, This month, our theme for January 2024, portraits of the artists. And For our Mm -hmm. classic Monday selections, we are examining the films of Paul Robeson. And we are done We are, with the silent era. We watched two silent era movies. And now he's going to sing. Oh. I think in pretty much every movie we watch from here on, he's going to sing.
1: I could listen to him sing all day.
0: He's a good singer.
1: This movie was like, oh, guess what? This is a talkie. There is never going to be a silent second. It th- starts singing, and there's singing, and there's dancing, and there's music.
0: I have stated before that, um, you know, Paul Robeson be- came into the 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 zeitgeist uh when he was singing Old Man River on the, the movie Showboat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he's got records of him singing old spiritual songs and stuff like that. And really, he might be, it's hard to say because, you know, this movie was made in the U.S. A lot of his movies he had to kind of travel around to get made, made a, f- a lot in Europe. He might be more famous in the U.S., at least at this time, as a singer. And for The Emperor Jones, directed by Dudley Murphy from 1933, written by DeBose Hayward, based on a pretty infamous play by Eugene O'Neill, and, we, and it stars Paul Robeson, Dudley Diggs, Frank H. Wilson, and Freddie Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a United Artists one. So this was made in the United States, cost about $263,000. I don't know what that would, wow. inflation would bring that up to. Probably That
1: seems like a hell of a lot for...
0: Yeah, I I guess it would be like um, between one and two million equivalent now, which is actually still pretty damn cheap. How did it do? I don't know. Don't know. Cool. But this week, we're talking about, with our Paul Robeson and our two Denzel movies, the artists with power, artists with these artists, the two artists we're talking about, Paul Robeson, Denzel Washington, examining uh, a few movies this week in which they have power Mm -hmm. and what they do with them. So maybe not the best dudes are um, much ballyhooed leads this week, and right. our fellow Jones, Brutus Jones, is the man he plays in this one. He is a uh, a bit of a hustler, a grifter. He'll take your girl. He'll party. He'll dance all night with her.
1: Doesn't it seem though that from the beginning that he's been living his life very? like clean and in this small town and he has this like girl and everyone at the church knows him and he's singing hymns in the church and then like the second he leaves, he becomes a grifter?
0: Well, we don't know that. I mean, I just kind of assume he's always got the, the, the heart that he has.
1: Oh, yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe. I, I guess I just assumed... S- it kind of threw me off the second that he stole that guy's girl because until that moment I was also buying into the fact that he was like a great small town boy.
0: I've never I've never seen this play. Neither have I. I don't know much about I'm not much I don't know much about the theater, you know what I'm saying, and um and very little about Eugene O'Neill. Mm-hmm. I've heard that the actual stage person stage person the stage show probably has about 10,000 more uh, inwards in it than the movie does which has quite a bit
1: this movie is in black and white but not only black and white towards the end it
0: goes blue It goes
1: blue well
0: this we're dealing with two distinct different movies of course mm-hmm. this is a stage play and as we're leading up to Brutus Jones he's it's actually a lot of fun watching him go through in his hometown dealing yeah. with his friends playing craps he's just kind of we don't know how good he was before. You kind of you said you assumed he was a good guy before, but just because he went to church doesn't mean he's a good guy. You no,
1: know, he had this girl. Yeah, that he'd obviously been dating. Everyone in the church knew him, and they were sending him off to go work on the railroad. And it was this big, huge deal that he was going off to work on the railroad. Yeah, and I don't, I, I totally understand that people can be like can change and maybe he was always that way. But they kind of set it up at the beginning like he maybe was a little more naive than he ended up being.
0: That he's going to go make good and make us all proud. Yeah, he's
1: going to go make good. He's going to make us proud. He's going to come back to his girl he did not intend to ever go back to that girl. Like, the second no. he got on that train, he was done, dude. I kind of
0: forgot he had that girl until we saw her one more time when he, like, wrote her a letter or something.
1: And he never goes back to that town until he has to because he needs help. Right. But he, he's, like, on the railroad going all around the country, and he works his way up from, like, shining shoes and, like, being a porter to working for the president of the railroad.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he's uh, he's talking he's talking bad about other people. I mean, he's lecturing a lot of people in his life on how to get that money, and he he thinks very highly of himself. He just mm-hmm. kind of has the the qualities of a of a, kind of a narcissistic sociopathic type. He displays oh, yeah. that. He also because he's Paul Robeson sings throughout it. And it really is kind of the best parts of the movie. It is. When he's like singing. We've only seen him in silent films. We've only seen him do these like soft expressions. In our first silent f- film, he played a really nice guy and a really bad guy.
1: Mostly the bad guy.
0: And in the second movie, he was the lead in it because he was the most famous guy in it. He was kind of flat compared to like what all was going on in there.
1: Yes. And there were there were, you know, huge scenes without him. This movie... He is there 1,000% of the time. And,
0: yeah, so we're hearing him talk, we're hearing his voice, and we hear him sing. This movie's kind of a a soft musical, you could kind of say. Yeah,
1: it's a musical in the way the best musicals are, where the music is not just random. It's because you're in a club, or because you're in a church, or Mm -hmm. because you're, you know, singing on the chain gang. But you're not like, how are you doing, Bobby? Like, I hate that.
0: A good friend of his is very trusting with him at first. He pretty much takes his girl
1: immediately,
0: and but then they have a they have it out at a craps game where they're tussling with a knife, and Brutus ends up stabbing uh, the man to death with his own knife, mm-hmm. and then he's got to run. And there's a part where a policeman's walking in after he's taken off, and the body's just laying in the in the club, and
1: the woman who owns the club is singing.
0: And People nobody, everyone is just pretending like nothing happened while this dead body is just right in the middle. So they're hunting him down, and they finally do catch up to him. And that's when he has to work on, um, uh, a, a ch- a busted rocks on a chain gang. Yeah,
1: and that's one of my favorite songs. I feel like just because it's just him.
0: There ain't no hammer, but that door just He's busting these rocks. That's almost like, that's like the instrument. It's like the beat to his uh, his song, and it's very
1: powerful. And
0: he and he ends up killing one of the foremen
1: yeah because this is actually interesting because in this moment he turns it into beneficial for himself but he is actually trying to help someone else like the foreman calls him over and is like open up this porta potty or whatever it is called um he's like open up this door and he opens it up and this man falls out and then the warden guy is going to beat he actually he tells him you have to beat him
0: wake him up if i lay my hands on that boy the lord will strike me dead won't take orders, Dave. Eh? A moment where he's actually kind of being a good guy, like yeah, he's he doesn't like, want not. to. He's not going to beat an unconscious man. He
1: actually says, "If I strike him, God will strike me down." And so the warden's like, "Well, I'll do it myself." And he picks up a, I think, a shovel
0: and whacks and him, whacks him, and, over the the head and kills and him, and sneaks him. away. And th- that death we justify. That's yeah. like the one, the best act he does all, all yes. movie long.
1: Yes, He was trying to save that man, and then he went, oh shit, I can get the fuck out guy of that guy
0: wanted him to whip a, an unconscious man.
1: The way he escapes, though, he jumps into one of the trucks and tells him, like, in, Let go. Drop the rocks on me, drop <laughs> them on me, drop <laughs> them on me. Because you know his friend is like, you're in the truck. And he's like. Drop it down, and so he basically is buried in a truck full of rocks. Like he could have died. It doesn't
0: crush him. He's weirdly superhuman. Well,
1: he's huge and strong.
0: Yeah, he's like the tallest guy in the movie. And there is
1: a thing later where he tries to say that only a silver bullet can kill him. Like yeah, he's yeah. like he basically is acting like he is cannot be hurt. But that's when he goes back to his original girlfriend. Is that he's in his like striped clothes and he has these chains on his feet. And he needs help. So he goes back to her and basically is like, get me a file and get me clothes. Mm -hmm. And he just uses her to like help him. And then he goes, he's like, I got to get out of the country. He's leaving the country. So he gets on this ship to get out of the country and he's shoveling coal. He's like working for them. They're going
0: to Jamaica. He's asking a lot of questions about it, but there's like little islands that they're passing as they're heading to the mainland of Jamaica. And he's asking a lot of questions. And there's an island that looks like it's like three miles away by water. Yeah. And he's like, all right, see you later. And he jumps off the boat and swims there. Yeah. And that's a superhuman feat to yeah. swim from the boat to an island, even if it's in, in in line.
1: He talks as though he has these like long-term plans, but he seemingly acts off the cuff because he does just say to that guy hey can you watch my door for a minute I'll be right back and then jumps off the boat and never Mm. comes back he just is like this is what I need to do right now you know and so then they find him and it's a hostile island or towards they don't want not hostile but they don't want people just showing up on their
0: island there's a bit of a cultural vagueness once we get upon the island because we I mean I guess the Caribbean word they, you know, they brought, they captured slaves and brought them all across the Caribbean, like they did the U.S. Mm-hmm. But you'll get like they they encounter a lead, he encounters a leader there that does seem to have a Jamaican accent, mm-hmm. but also people are also vaguely tribal in the way that like that almost seems like a little all over the place.
1: Like maybe Nothing, people like, got brought in, but then also people have lived there forever.
0: I mean, it's a white guy wrote this, a white guy directed it. Yeah. So, it has that, like, that vague tribalness. Yeah. It's not specific. Yeah. If it is, I'd love to have any ex- explanation. Sure, sure. But we're not dealing with something that is, like, studied. And, no. And what it's trying to represent here. So, he gets to this island, even though he's essentially in Jamaica, just like a little island off of it, it feels like it could be just some unnamed, made-up African nation. Or yeah, like its like own that.
1: country. Because they... they- They run it that way, and as soon as they find him, they take him straight to the leader because they're like, you are trespassing.
0: And there's this British dude named Dudley Diggs. The actor is named Dudley Diggs. Uh, His name is Smithers. Yeah. Who he kind of befriends and becomes business partners with. Well,
1: Smithers buys him He buys
0: him, but he ain't going to be his guy. So I think in a weird way, Smithers kind of admires his ingenuity, his... Um,
1: yeah, and he blackmails him to be partners. He basically is like, "I'm gonna take all your business unless I see my name on that sign."
0: Yeah. So, and then finally, Brutus Jones, he goes up to take over the the court, this little mini monarchy that's on this island, and the 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 guy who's ruling had, tells his dude to go shoot him. <laughs> Fight again! <Into> your gun! <laughs> Don't you all know that I've got a charm? It takes a silver bullet to kill Brutus Jones. And he's like popping off and he doesn't hurt him, and Brutus is like only a silver bullet can kill me. And then uh so he makes everyone leave. The 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 island's inhabitants instantly turn on their current leader and drag him off, mm-hmm. and just like that he becomes the Emperor Jones. And Smithers is like, How the fuck did you do that? He's and like. He Tell
1: Smithers everything. He's like,
0: Yeah, I just replaced the bullets with blanks while they were fucking drunk partying one night.
1: But like you said immediately, what if he'd ordered someone else to shoot? I mean, I guess that was his right-hand man, but what if that man had been sick that day? You're right. Yeah. What if he was so drunk when you got his gun and did this that he's hung over and didn't come to work?
0: Bold players got to make bold moves. I know,
1: dude, but he. The thing about it there's also a stark contrast between like that original monarchy it was very simple. It was kind of understated. They had like a nice like building and everything. They seemed to have an just, infrastructure. Like, at a table. Here, yeah. yeah, they had an yeah, they had an infrastructure, but like it wasn't flashy and whatever. The second that Brutus takes over and he decides that he's going to be called Emperor Jones, He looks at Smithers, and he's like, I need you to redo this whole place, and you know that I love the color red. And then it's all of a sudden, like, flash forward, and there's, like, crowns everywhere and, like, draperies, and everyone's wearing these, like, fancy outfits and has all this plumage. And it's so insane. I actually wish we could have seen at least – I wish we could have seen it in color because – you know, it was like so gaudy. Yeah, yeah. And he, at the re, the way we know the time has passed is that there's this decree on the wall that says, "We're raising taxes to pay." Our national debt to Smithers and the reason they're in debt to Smithers is because of all the shit that Smithers has put to like build up his castle. Yeah, yeah. It's literally crazy.
0: But that by that point when we see the sign, he's been in power well over it's a year. Two and a
1: half years because then we find out he told Smithers he was gonna do three years, and then he was gonna get the fuck out of there. But he's got so much money.
0: So Smithers is like you're taxing these people a little heavy. Uh if you want to be a proper despot, a proper uh, corrupt ruler, you got to s- squeeze them slower than this, right? Yeah. And because there's some riots on other parts of the island.
1: Because of the riots, he's like, I'm going to show them who's in charge. And he has the men arrested. Right. He, they beat up his tax collector. And so he has these like six men arrested and he brings them in and he basically is like beat them and kill them or beat them and throw them in the yeah, whip, jail whip, whip them, them that's what it is them whip them and imprison them, them indefinitely and so that's when like the next morning he goes to sleep and he wakes up the next morning no one's there and smithers shows up and yeah. is like yeah everyone's, you try to ring your gong no one's coming
0: everyone's gone they're they're lost in the jungle and then he's like okay well I want to get out while the getting's good.
1: Yeah, so it's and, over. I don't say And he,
0: he kind of and he and he understands like, "Oh, the game is over." But he's weirdly brave at the same time like he wants to go still confront them.
1: Well, and he's also like, "I got to go, but let's let's talk for a while longer," which is very, you know.
0: So he wanders off into the woods, and this is when the movie really changes because It is a Eugene O'Neill play, and this last leg feels exactly like a play, like you're watching a play.
1: The entire time he's in the woods, you're hearing this, like, drumbeat. Yeah. That's, like, at different moments, closer and farther away, and it's making him crazy.
0: Now, admittedly, I like the first two-thirds of the movie because of the way he's interacting with everyone and all that and then when it, and and it's it, it's good and it's definitely focused because he's basically going through the woods and he's vocalizing all of his thoughts and his feelings tons of exposition so just it's like blue. His, and it all turns blue we hear that drum and it's slowly making him crazier and crazier he
1: starts seeing things what's the little queer
0: clickety sound I hear sound like sound, sound like shooting crap it's time I beat it quick when I get them notes. Who there, who that? Is that you, Jeff? Jeff? I'm oh, sure mighty glad to see you. They told me them guys in the car, sees the ghosts of the people he killed, the people whose lives he's helped destroy, and eventually he wanders into an encampment and that's where the previous ruler is there, and they kill him, right?
1: Well, so they've been, yeah, they, that's where they're beating the drum. So basically, the night before, they stayed up all night doing, like, spells and things right. to to in, make him not be able to get away, basically against him. Mm. And so they had con to this, like, clearing where they're beating this drum, and Smithers is there, like... Y'all are not going to look for him. They're like, he will no, come to come us. Here. He will come to us. And so I don't remember the old ruler being there, but it was like all of the yeah, all yeah. of his former subjects are there. And that he shows up, and he doesn't have any bullets left in his gun because he's been shooting apparitions. Right, he
0: even shot his last silver bullet, which he was saving for himself if things got hairy. But he wanders upon... But yeah, the, it, it's implied that the drum... And they were utilizing some kind of ritual magic or something. And that he was just like
1: walking circles around the forest. At one point, he knew he might have to escape through the forest. So he had saved himself some food under a rock, but it's a rock in a forest and it's nighttime. And he's like gets all disoriented, not knowing where he is or where to find his food. Yeah. And then, yeah, he's just, he loses his mind.
0: And he stumbles upon and he gets killed. And that's when we we leave the movie with him like sprawled out and that's the end of the emperor jones paul robeson a man who knew how to acquire power but maybe not so great at keeping it Mm -hmm. and um so an interesting study i mean this play i don't i don't know shit about eugene o'neill in this crafty and very capable and smart guy who's who can grab onto power but of course it undoes him takes advantage of uh, a society society is just kind of outweights him and then it uh, fucks him up with their yeah. own machinations mm-hmm. uh so it's like a cool little story and it's good to finally hear paul robeson um sing
1: because mm-hmm.
0: i think he's gonna sing in all the movies probably
1: i hope up so. to
0: the uh we got two more after this and they're talkies as well so pretty good movie Not bad at all. Um, Mm -mm. But I will say it felt so distinctly different by the time he was alone in the woods. It
1: was like a whole different movie. Like
0: the performance was good, but it just felt like I had to kind of readjust stylistically.
1: It truly felt like it turned into a play
0: I all of a sudden. I really reveled in his human interactions. So you're just, it is just kind of, it drags a little, no doubt, but still a decent movie. So, you're going to give this one through five. I'm going to give this one through five combined for best out of ten.
1: I think this is a three for me.
0: I'm going to go with 3.5. Okay. Um. So, that's a 6.5. I'm going to hit a lot of sixes this month. All right, now, let me show it to you. You're right here at the 6.5s in league with Oliver Twist, the Roman Polanski version. Pillow Talk. Uh... Superman 2 and Halloween 2 it's as good as those movies We got more uh, bad boys Denzel also will be showing some power this week yeah uh, we'll have uh, be talking about American gangster on Wednesday so stay tuned for that in the meanwhile in the meantime check the show notes for links and other places to find us. What do you think about this Paul Robeson fella? Are you liking it? You can find all these movies we've discussed so far online. Easy, they're so old that they are practically public domain. Like you can mm. just find them. So, and I'll I'll put a link in these show notes if you want to watch this particular movie. So, leave, like, subscribe, leave a comment, a correction, a fun fact, whatever you choose. And in the meantime, we're still sticking with thoughts and prayers right now. Yes. Okay.
1: Thoughts and prayers to our haters.
0: Ain't no hammer on this Monday Ring like mine, ring like mine. This old hammer. Silver
1: say, ring like silver.